Welcome to the Danny Picard Show, Wednesday, February 10th. 2016, as always, broadcasting from the Beantown Athletics Studio in Dorchester, Massachusetts. Beantown Athletics, the only union screen printer in Boston. Go to BeantownAthletics.com right now. That's BeantownAthletics.com or give them a call at 617-282-4181. That's 617-282-4181. Beantown Athletics is also home of the best skate shopping in New England. So grab your skates, swing by the shop on Granite Ave in Dorchester. There is plenty of parking out back and make sure you tell them I sent you. It is truck day. In Boston, at least. I know I saw a couple places had their truck day earlier this week. I think the Yankees had theirs on Monday. Either way, I don't think they should ever make truck day into an actual event, but that's what they're doing. And each and every year, it's going to be an even larger event. And I didn't go down to Fenway. I don't go down to Fenway for this, but I have been once. Not because I wanted to, but because I had to. You know, you're putting in your time. Somebody sends you to go cover a story, and the story of the day is truck day. Then you're going to go cover it. And I covered it one year. I think my first year when I was with Comcast Sportsnet New England. Basically, if you don't know what truck day is, there's a big old truck in front of Fenway Park, and uh, the people who work for the Red Sox, who handle the equipment, They have all this stuff that's packed already in boxes, and they're just loading the boxes onto the truck before they start the truck up and take off for spring training. Um, (laughs) There there really is no excitement that goes on down at Fenway for this event. It's just to really get people, I guess, into the mindset of baseball is right around the corner. We do have snow on the ground here in Boston, though we've had a very good winter especially compared to last winter. This has been a very good winter, and I hope I'm not jinxing it. Knock on wood. I've said it a couple times. I've said that, that we've had a good winter a couple times in the last couple months, and we have had a couple snowstorms since then, but nothing devastating. I think they predicted a couple big snowstorms, and they weren't as big as they were predicted, so we've had a good winter. We have. And Truck Day is a reminder to people, mostly, that baseball is around the corner. So today is Truck Day. I am not broadcasting live from Truck Day. I'm right here inside the Beantown Athletics Studio, and we got more to talk about today than Truck Day. I'm not really going to get into baseball. Pitches and catches report a week from tomorrow on Thursday, February 18th. That is also the same day uh, of the NBA trade deadline. So even when pitches and catches do report, the story of the day next week, next Thursday, February 18th, is going to be the NBA trade deadline, which is what, 3 o'clock Eastern time, right? That's that's the time of the NBA trade deadline. And, uh, and again, the day, even that date, pitches and catches report, you know, like I see stories last week. I see videos of pitches thrown in spring training. They're already there. They show up earlier and earlier each and every year. And, um, you know, I don't give extra praise to the guys that show up early. And I don't really knock the guys that might show up a day or two late. I I just never have been really interested in, in that aspect of it. You know when you need to be ready to play baseball? Opening day. That's when you need to be ready. Whatever you have to do between now and then to be ready to play on opening day, be my guest. 
Um, but pitches and catches officially, I guess that's when workouts begin February 18th, a week from tomorrow. And, and maybe we'll get into baseball around then, but I'm not going to do baseball today. We'll do some hockey. We'll do some basketball, uh, you know, football. You had the Denver Broncos parade yesterday. What they say? A million people show up to that. Is that what they said? Uh, people still obsessed with the Cam Newton stuff. Yeah, I can't really escape it. I'm trying to. I can't. I'm not going to do that again today. I've done it the last two days. You know, Monday, I defended Cam Newton. Yesterday, I did so in a way in which I, I actually gave you a story from my reporting days when I was a sports reporter. Uh, and and it, it is Bruins-related, Boston Bruins-related with the captain, Zdeno Chara. I gave you that story yesterday as to why... I did not get all worked up about Cam Newton's post-game press conference, and I tried to explain to you that you shouldn't get worked up either over that. And, and I used a story from my reporting days to sort of try and explain that to you. And, and so I hope you can go back and listen to the podcast the last couple days uh, to get my reaction to that and just hear me out. Because people have overreacted to the point where, I mean, I'm just sick of hearing about it. It's a non-issue. It's, as I said, the headline on my website yesterday to yesterday's podcast at dannypicard.com, the headline was, much ado about nothing. And that's what it is. It's it's a whole lot of nothing. The Cam Newton post-game press conference story. I know he spoke yesterday, but I had people coming to me saying, he oh, he spoke and he sounds like an idiot. Well, I mean, (laughs) what do you want? Do you want honesty? The honesty that you got on the Super Bowl postgame show where he was upset to the point where he walked off after answering 13 questions. And I say, I point out to people, he answered 13 questions. They say, well, he didn't really answer them. He gave one word answers. Well, I mean, what do you want? I, the, the kid just lost the fucking Super Bowl. Bill Belichick gives one word answers. I'm not j- jumping all over him. We, we laugh. So, I mean... What do you want? You want the, the and I, I read a tweet earlier from Albert Priya, NFL Network. Bert Priya, who's been on the show many times, friend of the show, does a nice job at NFL Network. And uh, he tweeted, you know, exactly what I've been saying the last couple of days. You know, what do you want? Like, do you want the raw emotion? Or when he does speak in depth yesterday and gives you actual answers, you know, you, you don't like what that is. Like, you're, you're not happy with that. People are going to not be happy with it either way. All I'm happy with is the fact that he actually did go shake Peyton Manning's hand after the game on the field and congratulate him. And, you know, I'm sure he addressed his teammates behind the scenes. Outside of that, I'm not so sure what you think he owes you. And I think anything that you believe, you know, if, he, if you think he owes you better than what he gave you in that postgame press conference is, one, you're not taking his emotions uh into play and you're not thinking about that too you're not you, you didn't hear Chris Harris's audio over the loudspeaker while he's giving his press conference three I don't even think you know that there were 13 questions asked and so I don't think you read the transcript and uh you know on on top of all that I think that you're buying into what the media is telling you and you're buying into and you're reading the media and and their reaction to it because they're not getting their quotes and you're reading uh, their thoughts and taking it as gospel. I really do. I'm over it. It's over. Let's move on. I can't even believe I got that. I mean, a couple minutes into the podcast, I have to do it again, but only because I, you just can't ignore it. Everywhere you go, that's what people want to talk about. You go out to the, I go to the fucking store. People that, oh, Cam Newton's post game. He's got to act better. What if people think he owes you something? He doesn't. He owes Peyton Manning. Congratulations. You're right, he owes his teammates. Um, the embarrass, you know, the embarrassment of, of 
walking into that locker room post-game, walking in a couple days later, knowing that they lost the Super Bowl. Other than that, game's over, Super Bowl's over, NFL season's over. You know we're going to be talking about football more because you know uh, there's going to be other stories. And in fact, I've gone into this week thinking that at some point, at least by today, I was going to get into the Roger Goodell stuff I, because I have a I have a good Roger Goodell rant that I'm going to be given in the next couple days. It's just, uh, it, I, I could go on and on on Roger Goodell, but there are some things that in this NFL offseason, I have some things to say about with regards to Roger Goodell and, and what he's done to this league and to some of the storylines that you know we're going to be talking about the next couple weeks and months. And uh, I just, I thought I'd get into it by now, but I'm going to save it again because there's an even bigger story today. And maybe this is more of a local story, and it has to do with the Boston Bruins last night. Though, I'll say this. Before I get in to that real quick, there is some breaking news. I'm reading it right now on my computer. It's related to something I talk about a lot. And this is actually, hey, ESPN is tweeting this out. So this is, this is legit. CM Punk will undergo back surgery. This is breaking news. As I'm recording this podcast, this is, I'm reading this, this is raw. CM Punk to undergo back surgery this week and will not make his UFC debut this summer as expected. Wow. 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 Uh, so there you go. I've talked about CM Punk a lot. I've been kind of looking forward to this. And he was supposed to be in the stands, right? Cage side seats for this fight, for this kid. And if this kid, Mickey Gall, is that his name? Mickey Gall? If he won, he'd be fighting Punk. Punk would be there to watch it. It's coming up. I think it was in March, right? It was going to be in March. Or maybe later this month. Uh, Or whoever he's supposed to fight. He was supposed to know soon. And it was going to happen this summer. Well, not anymore. This breaking news... And this is ESPN. CM Punk will undergo back surgery and will not make his UFC debut this summer as expected. Wow. Wow. So uh, there you go. And I guess, I I guess my theory is still in play, right? My theory is still in play. That WWE is still on the table. It is. Don't tell me it's not. Don't. Tell me it's not still on the table. You see UFC, WWE, they have done some things to show that they're in cahoots. You get WWE news on ESPN. You do. It's, I know some people don't want to, they don't like that. They don't want to believe that, that there's something happening. At least my theory is still in play. And if you don't know my theory, my theory is that And I'm not saying the CM Punk to the UFC thing was ever not real. I I do think that that was a real thing. I think CM Punk wanted to do that. I think he knew what he was getting into. And I think he trained for it. You know, I I don't think he would... They weren't going to throw him in into the octagon against a veteran. They were going to throw him in with a kid who was just getting started, much like CM Punk was. Um, But... This idea that because he's going into UFC, that he truly is done with the WWE, I think is pretty far-fetched. I mean, that's what happens in the world of professional wrestling. 
if you're a professional wrestler once, you're a professional wrestler for the rest of your life, especially when you are a superstar like CM Punk. Uh, I, I have never bought into this idea that Punk is completely done in WWE, that he'll never make a return. That's what they do. These guys make returns. And, and I know that, that, that Punk, I think he was genuine in his, you know, wanting to go to UFC. I, I think that was a genuine uh, feeling. Uh, he, he actually tried to do that. And for whatever reason, didn't work out for him or hasn't worked out for him yet. I mean, we're over a year into this now, and he still hasn't fought. And now it's going to get pushed back again. And what? Back surgery? You're all of a sudden going to return and fight some young kid in the octagon and expect to be successful and at least expect that to then be successful for your career when you're done with that? You can say all you want. You have money saved up, this, that, the other thing. Don't don't tell me that he's never going to be in a WWE ring ever again. I mean, come on. I just don't believe that. And, and he might actually feel that way when he tweets. He might be telling you the truth. But at some point, I think that, that thought, that feeling is going to change. I mean, for the longest time, that's all the guy knew. You know, the only reason he's a superstar and everybody knows him and, and everybody follows him on Twitter and talks about him is because of the WWE, is because of professional wrestling. He could be sick and tired of it. now. that doesn't mean he's going to be sick and tired of it the rest of his life. I don't care what he says. So, at least my theory, which is that at some point he returns to WWE, this news today, it, it, it's still in play. And I'm not going to say he returns this year's WrestleMania, which is coming up very soon in Dallas. But I'm telling you that I'm, I'm not going to rule it out. <laughs> some type of an appearance in some way, shape, or form. Back surgery, okay. Uh, it, it's, it, it's just, you know, the, the more you see stuff like this, the more you got to think maybe the UFC thing is just not going to happen. And if that's just not going to happen, I think the more likely it is at some point he does end up making some type of return to the WWE. And I know a lot of diehard WWE fans, I call them season ticket holders. I wouldn't consider myself a season ticket holder. I once was. Not in the not in a literal state, but you know what I mean. You'll watch every event. You'll watch all three hours of Raw. You'll watch every hour of SmackDown. You'll watch every pay-per-view. You'll even watch some stuff during the week. I, I wouldn't consider myself in that group, in that category. That's a season ticket holder. I'm not. I do watch the big events. I do pay attention to the big storylines, the big names. But, um, you know, the, the season ticket holders will tell me I'm nuts, that CM Punk's never coming back. I'm telling you, you're nuts. I think he will eventually return. What that... In what capacity? I don't know. But to try and tell me that he'll never be in a WWE ring again is, I think, a little nuts. Is a little nuts. And, and, and the more you see this UFC thing not working out for him, I think the more likely it is that my theory that he does return at some point, not saying it's this year's WrestleMania, at some point, my theory looks like it, it could be more realistic the more you hear this. UFC thing not really working out for him. And that's the news. CM Punk will undergo back surgery and will not make his UFC debut this summer as expected. So uh, that's a little breaking news that I just read and I had to react to raw right to begin the show. And, um, you know, I, I, the main story of the day, at least here in Boston, is not that. It's 
It's your Bruins, your Boston Bruins. The Boston Bruins. Last night at the TD Garden, and I kind of touched upon this yesterday on yesterday's podcast with Milan Lucic. Milan Lucic traded from the Bruins to the LA Kings this past offseason. Luch had a great career with the Bees, helped him win a Stanley Cup. Without Milan Lucic, you know, I'm really not so sure that they win it. Uh, you know, they show, you know, he returns last night to the TD Garden as a member of the LA Kings. Returns for the first time. And they give him the montage video in, in the first period after, I think, the second TV, during the second TV timeout. And Nesson took a 30-second break, and they came back and showed us the coverage of it. Great video, great moment, unbelievable reaction from the crowd. Great stuff. You were at the game last night. Uh, thank you for that. That was great. You guys are great at the TD Garden last night, you know, chanting, Luch, and then Milan Lucic. I mean, it was, it, it, it was one heck of a performance from the crowd last night. Unfortunately, the crowd couldn't get the same type of performance from their own team in the Boston Bruins and a Bruins team that just cannot do anything in their own building this season. It's pathetic. And last night was just as pathetic. But before I get on the bees and before I crush the Bruins, you know, you got to acknowledge that the story last night was going into the game and at least through the first period was Milan Lucic making his return to Boston. You see that video. I tweeted something out. Uh, you see Milan Lucic finishing his running around, finishing his checks, playing the body, pounding his chest after goals, and he did it last night, pounding his chest. Only it was an LA Kings jersey and a Kings crown that he was pounding instead of a spoke B. But you see the videos: Lucic finishing checks, pounding his chest, and hoisting the cup in that Bruins jersey, the white road uniforms in Vancouver, in his hometown, hoisting that cup. In a, in, in a bee's jersey. Um, gave me the chills. Really did. And you think back to that team. You think back to that group of Bruins players and how special Milan Lucic was. And the reason you had to trade him this offseason was because you were up against the cap. And you needed to make some type of moves. And Lucic was making a whole lot of money. And he wasn't having, you know, he didn't have a great season the last couple of years. And he faced an awful lot of criticism here in this town. And uh, I I wouldn't say it ended well for him in a Bruins uniform. But when you watch those videos last night, you see him in the building. You see him on the ice. I mean, there were moments even early in this game where he finishing checks, creating opportunities, things that he did that don't show up on the score sheet every night. Uh, Looch was a very important piece, a crucial piece to that championship team in 2011 when the Bruins hoisted the Stanley Cup. Something that I don't think, I don't think a lot of us thought they were going to do that year going into that season. The year before, they got, you know, they they won, they won three straight games against the Flyers in the playoffs, up three games to nine, and then they, they basically got swept the next four games. Right? They blew a 3-0 lead against the Flyers. And then they bounced back the following season and they won the Stanley Cup. And Lucic was a huge part of that. And, uh, you know, I, I do think there's an aspect of that we we have taken championships for granted in this time. We have. <laughs> yeah, and I'm look, I'm right there with you. I'm, we're spoiled. 
We're spoiled. We get so many titles. You know, the Patriots won. And when the Patriots won, when and the Celtics won, and the Bruins won, and the Red Sox won, couple. And and then when when they stopped winning, the Patriots won another one last year. Um, and, and the Red Sox go out, they get David Price, and, and I think we'll expect them to make a run at it this year. And maybe they will. And if the Celtics can make a move at the deadline, major move, and add another piece this offseason, we'll be talking about a couple Celtics runs, I think, in the next couple of years. We are absolutely spoiled in this town. And, and look, I wouldn't want it any other way, right? You take it for granted because you are, we are spoiled. And, and, but I wouldn't want it the other way. I wouldn't want to be sitting there each and every day just crying and complaining that we don't have the titles. But I think because we get all these championships, I think a moment like that last night, even as good as it was, even as great as the crowd was, you know, I'm still watching it going, okay, there's just, there's just something missing. There's just something missing. And uh, maybe the one, look, maybe the one thing missing was me not being in the building for it. I don't know. Maybe you needed to be there. I, I, I'm not knocking anybody. It was great. But I do think there's an aspect to it where we're like, you know, we've seen the guy win the championship, get traded, or go to another team and come back. We've we've done that a lot. We've done it a, a whole heck of a lot. And we've applauded and we've rooted, we've cheered, and uh, we've acknowledged and we've respected and we've thanked. But, you know, it's just, it, it's not the same when you do it all the time. And we... We do it all the time. And I, I don't mean to sound cocky and arrogant, but that's just reality. We do. So, look, it was a great moment last night. And, and I think while it was a great moment, you know, the part of us that wants more championships because that's all we really care about in this city. And since we do get them, we want them even more. And we expect them even more because of that whole aspect of being spoiled. You see Luchich in the building, and it's kind of bittersweet. And maybe that's what takes away from it. Because then you get into how your team, that no longer has Milan Luchich, how they play in a game like that last night. And it's pathetic. It's pathetic. It's embarrassing. They lost to the Kings at the TD Garden last night, 9-2. to 9-2. to They lost to the Kings last night. Um... And, and you know what? What's funny about it is it, it wasn't even that close. It's seven, a seven-goal win by the Kings. They won by seven goals. And I don't even think it was that close. Uh, this one was, I shut it off after the second period. What was it 6-1 after two? You had some just pathetic pathetic efforts from some of your defensemen and, and this team this season I said it yesterday with Lutz in the building and, and seeing those videos and being reminded of what he brought to the team when he was playing inspired hockey you miss him this Bruins team misses him they miss a player like that there's no question about it and uh now that he's not here and now that they miss now that we miss a guy like that you know, there are some other things that need to happen for this Bruins team for me to consider them serious contenders for a Stanley Cup. And first and foremost is 
their defense. Like, if they're going to do anything this year, the Bruins, they need to fix what is going on with their defensemen or they are not going to win shit. It's, and they won't even have a chance. They won't even have a shot. And last night, all right, you don't have Lucic. You miss him. This team certainly could use a guy like that. But when you don't have a guy like that, you still have opportunities to win. And when you look at the standings in the National Hockey League, if the playoffs began today, the Bruins would be in. They'd be in as a wild card spot. They're right there for one of the top three spots in their division still. They're in the race. They're in the mix. The Bruins are in the mix. So even without Lucic, the Bruins are in the mix, okay? And you know how I feel. Just get into the tournament. Just just stay in the mix. You get into the Stanley Cup playoffs. You got a hot goaltender. You get some good defense. Um, you have a chance to win. Now, not having a guy like Lucic and his presence in the ice, creating opportunities for your offense by finishing checks, and, and being that force, that physical force, yeah, you miss that. But you need defense. And you need defense, especially when your coach is Claude Julien. And what, what just jumped off the screen last night on a night in which Lucic is uh, acknowledged and, and thanked and cheered and he gets the montage video and you sit there and say to yourself, man, we could use a guy like that. We could use a guy like Lucic. I don't know that that was... The, the the one thing that, that made the difference in this game last night, what made the difference is the Bruins defensemen, and specifically two of them, Kevin Miller and Zach Trotman. Let's, let's face the facts here, people. These guys are minor league defensemen, okay? They're minor league defensemen being asked to do something that they probably shouldn't even be asked to do. And... The reason, the reason Zach Trotman is being asked to play on the top pair, you know, the top D pairing with Zidane Chara as a minor league defenseman, the reason he's being asked to do that is because in the last season and a half, the Bruins have traded away two of their top four defensemen in Johnny Boychuk and Dougie Hamilton, okay? So the Bruins organization, the front office, has put this team in position where you now have to ask some of these kids to step in and fulfill a role that they just can't fulfill. Trotman, Kevin Miller, they just can't, they just can't do what they're being asked to do. They are not NHL defensemen. They are minor league defensemen. They are. And you saw it last night. And you, I mean, you see it every night. Trotman, it's just, it, it's nonstop with him. You can't ask him uh, to be on a pairing with Zidane Chara and do some of the things he's doing. Like, and, and and look, what were they? They were shorthanded on that one goal where he's trying to cross-check a guy out front. Meanwhile, the puck's behind him on the left post. Like, that. what are you doing? You know, Trotman, a couple games ago, I, I think it was the first game, was it the first game back from the break against Toronto? In over, you know, right before, they lost in overtime, but there's a puck in the zone. He's asked to retrieve it. He can't get it. He turns it over b- below his own goal line. Toronto keeps possession. They score. They tie the game 3-3. You know, you should be able to win the 3-2 game at home. But not when you're getting defensive play like that from Trotman. And the, the Kevin Miller thing is, I mean, it's the same. We, we, I, I sound like a broken record. We all do, but it's the same thing. He just doesn't know where he is in the ice. And, you know, I think he, he actually put a puck in his own net last night. Was it the first goal? He knocked it in upstairs. Um, 
and then he turns it over a couple times. I mean, it's just, it's ugly. He's not an NHL defenseman. And and the longer you ask these kids to, to be put in the position to fulfill that role as an NHL defenseman, it's 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 gonna it's gonna end poorly. I don't care who's in that. I don't care what I don't care who your top two sentiment are, how you deep you are in that spot. I don't care how good your power play has been. Right? You gotta get back to defensive hockey. And right now the the Bruins just don't have that. So um how do you fix it? Everybody wants a quick fix. That's the problem. And it goes back to us being spoiled in this town, wanting championships and expecting them right away. We want we want a quick fix, right? Everybody does. And you watch this Bruins team. And you watch them struggle on the back end. Um, Here's the deal. And I, if people don't want to hear this, there's no quick fix. Well, there is a quick fix, but it's, it's, it's a very unrealistic option that the team has right now. And that option would be to bring in some type of, and not even just a top four defenseman, a top pair defenseman. Like, a, a, a top defenseman that is established and is an all-star and can play on the top D pairing with Zidane Chara on that right side. You know, that, that would be, that should be on the top of the Bruins' wish list. I just think that's going to be an unrealistic thing for them to accomplish. And, and we could talk about what type of assets they have as an organization. Well, they have a whole lot of young kids they've taken. They had three first-round picks last year. And, you know, those kids playing in, uh, what, the WHL and the Q. I mean, they might be assets to another team. You might be able to move a couple of those pieces. But it's just, I don't know if there are any all-star defensemen out there. I know some people have talked about maybe a Dustin Bufflin. Bufflin just signed a contract extension, right? And maybe there are some other names. I just say it's, it's unrealistic to go bring in an all-star defenseman on the right side to play with Zidane Chara. Uh, that should be at the top of the Bruins' wish list. I just don't think I just don't think that guy's available. And if he was, you know, you can't convince me that the Bruins would be able to, to make that move. So, and, and on top of that, I mean, you really already had that young kid who was a top pair defenseman in Dougie Hamilton, and you traded him for draft picks, okay? You did. You traded him for draft picks. So you already traded that guy away. What you, when you made that move, you know, when you decided, Lucic, we can't afford him, Dougie Hamilton, we're going to trade him, and people keep going back to, the, you know, if you want to go back to the Dougie thing and say he didn't want to be here, well, I'll quickly go back to my stance on that, and that was you can make somebody want to play somewhere with the signing of a check, okay? You can. And say what you want about not him not wanting to be here. Dougie Hamilton had no leverage. The Bruins had leverage, all right? And, and I, I still don't think they should have moved Dougie Hamilton as it puts him in a worse spot. And... um. You know, the Lucic thing, look, they did get they did get a first-round draft pick and essentially two first-round draft picks because the goaltender they got in that trade, they also shipped away for another first-round pick. Uh, they got a defenseman in Colin Miller, and he's not really playing a lot right now, and he's up in the press box looking down. Look, Colin Miller needs to play more, no question. I will say this, though. There is, there is something... 
to take away from being upstairs. And I know that might sound crazy, and people say, well, you got to make your mistakes on the ice. And, and I agree with you. At some point, you got to commit to Colin Miller. But what I'm telling you right now is, I do think he can benefit from seeing the game play out from upstairs. I really do think he can benefit from it. A lot more than maybe people are given that aspect of the learning process credit right now. I, I, I think he can benefit from that, and I don't think that's the worst thing in the world to give him some time up on the ninth floor at the TD Garden to watch this thing play out from upstairs. I really do think there's a benefit for the kid with that. Uh, as a young defenseman that you're going to be asking for an awful lot from in the next couple of years. With that said, he doesn't need to be up there every single night. So you do want to see him on the ice a little bit more, but the fact that he is up there, if he's up there every once in a while, it's not the end of the world. But okay, I'm with you. He should, you, you need to put him in the game a little bit more. And if he makes mistakes, you got to live with those because as an organization, that's what you've committed to. You've committed to kids. And if you're going to commit to the kids on the defensive end, then, well, Colin Miller is one of the more talented kids on, in the, on the defensive end in this organization. You need to commit to him on the ice at some point. So I'm with people on that, but I'll also say this. There is a benefit to him sitting upstairs watching the game play out. That is not the end of the world, all right? Um, so you made those moves. I don't agree with the Dougie Hamilton move. I never did. I never will. The Luchich trade, I'd like to see Luchich and a player like that in a Bruins uniform. You'd like to think maybe could they, could they have done a couple other things to maybe try to keep him around? I don't know. I'll tell you that, and, and we'll, we'll get into it now, and, and it might be hindsight, but if you want to talk about this Bruins team, what it looks like right now, and what you need to do moving forward, and what the blue line looks like, and what the organization is obviously committed to, which is the kids on the blue line, you know, you look at some of the kids they drafted this year, this past year, um, with the 13th overall pick, the, the, the pick that they actually got for Milan Lucic. They took a defenseman who right now is playing in the queue. Um, they had their own, you know, the 37th overall pick in the second round. And they took a defenseman who's playing in the WHL and Brandon Kahlo. So you do have some kids that you probably, so you're going to be committed to these draft picks, these kids that you took in the next couple of years, right? That's what you've committed to. And if that's where, if that's the route that you're going and you think that, Going out and bringing in, via trade, an all-star, top-pair defenseman is unrealistic before this year's trade deadline? And the strategy that you've taken as an organization? I, I know the, the popular conversation is Louis Erickson because of his contract. But I think the more realistic one that we need to have, because the Louis thing, I mean, I, I expect them to trade him. Right, and, and, and because people, you know, people want to talk about that, that doesn't work me up. That doesn't get me worked up. You want to trade Louie, trade Louie. If he's going to sign a team-friendly deal and he really likes Boston, we find out he really likes Boston and wants to stay around, then sign him to a team-friendly deal. But you can't overpay for Louie Erickson. I like him as a player, but you just, you just can't overpay for him. You know, if you were going to overpay for anybody, you would have overpaid for Milan Lucic. So you can't turn around and then overpay Louie Erickson. You just can't do it. Uh, so the situation the teams put themselves in, here we are. You want to commit with the kids? You want to commit with draft picks? You got to trade Zidane Chara. 
That's it. That's what it comes down to. You have to trade Zidane Chara. Have to do it. I, I mean, if you think that you can't go out and bring in a top pair defenseman to help this team make a run this year, right? And I think if they do bring in a top pair, I'm talking about an all-star defenseman. I don't even know if that guy's available, but if they do that, then you're telling me you're taking it serious and, and you know, I, I, you put yourself in a better position. You do. But thinking realistically here, thinking that they're not going to do that, thinking that they have committed to the kids and the draft picks and all that, what you need to then do now between today and the NHL trade deadline, which is on Monday, February 29th, you need to trade your captain, Zidane Chara. Like, what are you holding on to him for? Why? Why would you hold on to him? To do what? To have him stick around and, and play with Zach Trotman and, and Kevin Miller and have them make mistakes and then bring down Colin Miller and you know he's going to make some mistakes with growing pains? And what? Watch Zidane Chara just grow old right in front of your eyes? No, you can't do that. Not as an organization that's committed to getting draft picks via trade and taking these picks and, and committing to the kids that you draft. So, Zidane Char, you ask, how much value does, does he have at the trade deadline? When I look at the standings, I think he has a lot of trade value because I can go over a handful of teams in the Eastern Conference and in the Western Conference, that would take Zidane Chara, that would want Zidane Chara to help them win a Stanley Cup. And I do think that you could get a first-round pick for Zidane Chara. And you want to get creative? You know, you're trading Louie, you're trading Chara, you're prob- you could get a couple first-round picks. Like, if you have that opportunity to do it based on the strategy that you've taken as an organization, I don't know why you wouldn't jump at the opportunity to then get more picks. Why wouldn't you? And and this is coming from somebody that has defended Zidane Chara more than anybody in this town. I have on this show. I've done it on TV. I've done it on radio. I've done it in my, my columns that I write, my stories. I mean, I've, I've done it everywhere. You know, people look at Chara, they say, oh, he's slow and, and he, he's terrible handling the puck. And I say, well, he's never been fast, one. Two, he, he's never handled the puck well. He's due for one turnover in his own zone a game. He is. But everything else that he's brought to the table his entire career on the defensive end, all you got to do is ask other top players around the NHL. That's all you got to do. Ask them. Who's the one guy you don't want to be matched up against? Who's the one guy you don't want to be on the ice defensively on another team? They'll tell you Zidane Chara. They will. But the longer his career lasts, the less they feel that way. Okay? The less they feel that way. That he's one of the more dominant defensemen, shutdown defensemen in the league. Now, a lot of it has to do with his size. Both having been a dominant defenseman, but also, you know, the 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 breakdown of a D-man who's close to seven feet, who's the tallest player in the NHL, who uh who's who's close to 40 years old. I mean that's that's reality of what happens to your body. I don't care how many pull-ups and push-ups he does and how he stays in shape. At some point you physically 
that big a dude, you know, you don't rem- you don't stay the top dominant defenseman in the league for much longer. You don't. And I'm saying, given the way his body has already seemingly broken down at times in the last couple of years, you don't stay at the top of the ranks as top dominant shutdown defenseman in the league. And uh, you'll get some people that will say at this stage of his career that they don't want to play against him. I, I, I don't know that they say it the same way they might have said it, though, two, three years ago. That's not to say that he can't be a valuable piece to a team that has all the other pieces to make a legitimate Stanley Cup run. And let's face it, the Bruins do not have all those pieces to make a legitimate Stanley Cup run. They just don't. And um, given the, the strategy the organization's taken, I think at this stage of the game, right now, if look, you need to at least entertain it. You have to. You need to at least entertain the idea of trying to get a first-round draft pick for Zidane O'Chara. And if you think it can't happen, I think, one, you haven't been paying attention to the trades around the league in the last couple of years, and two, you still don't value Chara the right way. I think that teams, a team like the Washington Capitals, and you know what? A team like the New York Rangers, I've been told the Rangers are going, when when this gets to the trade deadline, I've been told they are going to make moves to go for it all. They're going, this is the year, they're going for it. Rangers are going to go for it. And you know what? There's going to be a couple teams that feel that way. Capitals are going to be one of them. Why would the Capitals want to continue to waste time while they have Alex Ovechkin, right? One of the best players in the world. How much longer do you want to wait? Go all in. If you have an opportunity to go out and get Zidane Chara, do it. Do it. And uh, you'll get a couple teams from the West. I mean, team that was in the building last night. LA Kings. Right? How, I mean, how about the Blackhawks? I think teams that want to, that would like to establish themselves as the favorites to win the cup. Chara, I think you could create a bidding war around the league before February 29th, before the trade deadline. I really do. I think you could create an absolute bidding war. Uh, So we'll see if that happens or not. But you want my opinion on where we need to go? And people are going to come up with theories and ideas and strategies that, and they want a quick fix. And, And believe me, in a perfect world, I think, yeah, you you probably try to get the quick fix, but uh, the moves that the organization has made, they have not been leaning towards the quick fix. And and if you're not leaning towards the quick fix, I don't see why between now and, and the next two weeks, why why all of a sudden you would be leaning towards the quick fix. Like, I don't know how you would get there. I don't know what the team would show you so far this season that would lead you to believe that's the route you should go. It's not. It's not. I'd love to see it happen. I just don't think it's real life. Real life is the Bruins realizing that Louis Erickson is not going to take a hometown discount, so you have to trade him. And then realizing that Zidane O'Chara is somebody that you could still get a pretty good return for at the trade deadline for a team that wants to make a run. And if you're banking on all these picks, why not just go out and get some more? I, you know, Look, 
Zidane Ochara, number 33, I think that's going up to the rafters at the TD Garden. At least, that's where I would put it. I would retire Zidane Ochara's number. If I was running the show and I had to make a decision, 10 years from now, we there would be Zidane Ochara night and Chara would be out there at a podium giving a speech and he would be raising number 33, the, the other number 33, to the rafters. We already got a 33 up there. They're going to have another one. That's how highly I think of Zidane Ochara and his time in a Bruins uniform. And and I'm not necessarily saying that he can't play anymore at a high level. He can. I told you he can for a contending team. But the strategy that the Bruins have taken as an organization, the moves that they've made, they have not made moves that, that show me they are going for it right now. Now, you can still keep some pieces around, like you keep Tuca, you keep Bergeron, you keep Krejci. All of those guys are young enough where I think that there's still going to be major pieces to the puzzle in three, four years in which you'll have a core of young kids that you either drafted last year, uh, the year before, or that you draft this upcoming year that you hope a couple of them will be major players in the show. But it can't hurt to get a couple more of those picks, right? And if you're gonna, if you're realistically thinking that your window is not this year or next, and maybe three, four years down the road, then what is? What do you think Zdeno Ochara is gonna be in four years? Three, four years. Come on. Yeah, it's just. It, I think you need I think this is a this is the right time. This is a good time to be businessmen. If you're the Bruins, if you're Don Sweeney, if you're Cam Neely. And to be realistic ones. And realistic ones is sticking to your plan. I I never told you I agreed with the plan from the beginning because I didn't agree with the Dougie Hamilton trade at all and I still don't, but since you went out and made that move, here we are. And we're here for a reason. And consider me someone who's not surprised where we're at. Seeing nights like last night, I told you they were going to come. Nine nine goal nights from the other team? Didn't tell you nine goals. But so, uh, the way some of those goals went down, the way the Bruins' defense played, you know, you can consider me someone who is not surprised in the least bit that you are seeing defensive breakdowns the way you see them with this Bruins team, with this group of Bruins defensemen. I'm not surprised. I told you it was going to happen. So where we're at right now and where you think you're going to be moving forward, I just think that if you're going to stick to your business plan, then you need to you need to consider moving your captain and you need to consider doing it between now and February 29th, the trade deadline. Got to do it. You got to make the move. I think there'll be, I think there'll be so many teams that will be calling you, that would be trying to make a deal. I think you get a bidding war. I think you get a first round pick, couple other young players. You might even get a couple picks and a couple players. I really do think teams would want to add Shara to their defensive core to make a run this year, to make a run next year, right? Because Shara's salary 
it goes down. And you might say that and say, well, why wouldn't you keep him around? I say, well, because again, you have to be realistic about the window here. And if you're not going for it right now, and you're going to commit to the kids that you, you either drafted last year or this past year or the kids you draft this upcoming year and you want you want more of those that you're going to commit to, then, then why not make this deal now? You got to make it, in my opinion. And I think you get teams, I think you create a bidding war. I think you get a damn good return. So, uh, I, I, that's where we stand with this Bruins team. I'm not surprised. Yeah, they're in a playoff race, but if you watch this group, and and more specifically the defensive core, and you tell me that you think they can make a run and win playoff hockey games with the way they play defense, well, you haven't watched playoff hockey in in the last 10 years. Haven't. Maybe ever. So uh, they need help on the blue line. And the help that I think they're going to get on the blue line that'll be good enough to make them cup contenders I, I don't know that that's coming in the next six months. I don't know that that's coming and will be completed in the next year. I think we're talking a couple of years to complete that. And um, if it's going to be a couple of years, I don't know what you're holding on to Zdeno Chara for right now when you can probably, in my opinion, and, and this is my opinion, I think you can probably get a whole heck of a lot for him. I do. And it, uh, this isn't me hating Zdeno Chara. This isn't me knocking him. Uh, it's also me giving a, a guy in the latest stages of his career a chance to win another cup. A chance to win another Stanley Cup. I told you how I feel. I, I think you raised 33 to the rafters. I know there's already a 33 up there. I'm talking about the Bruins 33. Zdeno Chara. And, and look, the Celtics raise a lot more numbers to the rafters than the Bruins do. I get that. And... and I mean, they're thinking about, people have talked about Kevin Garnett's number being retired. What did he play, five, six seasons? I know he won a championship. I know he went to another NBA Finals. Um, and I'm not necessarily saying I disagree with raising number five, Kevin Garnett's number five for the Celtics to the TD Garden Rafters. But what I'm telling you is if you're going to have that conversation with him, I mean, Zdeno Chara and the Boston Bruins, I mean, do I have to read his resume? This is his 10th season with the Bruins. Five All-Star appearances as a Bruin, six overall. Won a Norris Trophy with the Bruins. Uh, Really finished in the top three in Norris voting almost every year that he's been with the Bruins. And oh yeah, won a Stanley Cup. And was a major piece to that Stanley Cup championship. As the captain of the Bruins, and I know people can say what they want about plus-minus, and they don't like it, they hate it, or maybe they do like it. However you feel, you got to acknowledge that in, in 10 seasons with the Bruins, you only finish as a minus once. Once. Um, Zdeno Chara, to me, has been so much better than advertised. I believe so. I've talked to players who do not want to play against this guy. You know, the matchup problem exists for other teams' top offensive players. Just asked the Penguins a couple years ago when they played the Bruins. And the Bruins ended up when they got to the finals. I mean, again, Chara went to another Stanley Cup final. Won a cup, went to another cup final. Tenth season with the Bruins. Won a cup. Norris Trophy. I mean, all-star appearances. He's done it all for this organization. 
And, and coming back to the taking championships for granted, perhaps people that think Zidane Chara's number should not be retired and, and put up to the TD Garden Raptors, the people who think it shouldn't be hung up there, I, I think you'd be taking the championships for granted way too much. Uh, because think about how tough it is to get a Stanley Cup. In my opinion, it's the toughest trophy to win in sports when you consider all factors involved. You consider every series is a seven-game series. You got to win four of them, right? You got to win a first round. You got to win a second round. You got to win the conference final. You got to win the Stanley Cup final. And you also have to factor in just the physical grind that it takes in a sport, in a league that teaches you to finish checks, that teaches you to make body contact, all right? It's, NFL's a physical league. I get that. They only play 16 regular season games. And, you know, you can win a Super Bowl by only winning three playoff games. Uh, the NHL is an 82-game regular season, plus playoffs. And, and you get to the playoffs, you got to beat one team in a seven-game series. You got to beat a second team in a seven-game series. You got to beat a third team in a seven-game series. And you then got to beat a fourth team in a seven-game series. It's just the most physically demanding on top of length, lengthy schedule, It's the toughest, the Stanley Cup is the toughest trophy to win in sports with all the factors that I just told you in mind, and I don't even think it is close. I don't even think it is close. All right? I'm not saying the other sports are easy to win championships. They're obviously not. But I'm talking about the physical grind combined with the length of the schedule. It's just, (laughs) it's the toughest trophy to win in sports. Zidane Chara not only helped the Bruins win a Stanley Cup, he was one of the major reasons they did. Defensive-minded club. Uh, just ask his goaltender. Just ask Tim Thomas how important Zidane Chara is. Just ask other teams' offenses that played against Zidane Chara when he was at his best. He He's arguably... Zidane Chara, arguably the most dominant defensive player in NHL history. Right? I I mean, people complain about the puck control and the speed. It's not about that. That's not what you're asking for him. He's shutting teams down. A lot of it has to do with his size, but so be it. He's a big dude. He's a monster. That's what that's that's one of the major reasons he's so good. So dominant. So such a shutdown defenseman to the point where teams in playoff series you know, when they get the, the last change in their own building, they're making that last change. They're seeing if Chara's on the ice. And and they're not putting their top line against Zidane Chara. They're purposely going out of their way when they're in their own building to make sure their top forwards are not playing against Chara. Now, the reason Chara would make that even more difficult for you in the matchup is because Chara would play so many minutes a night. The minutes this guy law has logged is insane. I mean, I think he's a, I think he's a, a Hall of Famer, and I think his number gets retired at the TD Garden someday. At least I would like to think it will. 
because I would put it up there. There's already 133. I'd put another 33 up there. Nobody ever will wear 33 in any sport again at the TD Garden for a Boston team. That's how I'd handle it. And I think that's the highest praise I could give a guy. And giving him that highest praise, I'm still sitting there telling you today that given where the Bruins currently stand as an organization and their future, I'm telling you that between now and this year's NHL trade deadline, they would be doing themselves a disservice as businessmen to not seriously consider moving their captains at Dano Chara before the trade deadline. They, they, they wouldn't be doing their job if they didn't seriously consider that. And if you seriously consider it and you can somehow get a bidding war going and get something good for him, I think you can. You have to make that move. You have to make that move. Now, if I'm now if I'm wrong about what they would get in return, like if you sat here and told me, well, they could only get a second and a third round pick, you know, in 2017, I I tell you, all right, it's not worth it then. Then don't do it. Then you don't do that. Maybe you wait till the offseason. Maybe you wait. But I just don't think I think you I think you could get something really good for him. I do. And and if he if you could get something really good and you didn't pull the trigger on that. I think you'd be doing an awful job as a GM and as a, a president in Cam Neely, whatever the roles may be in behind the scenes in the trade process, they would not be doing their job. So that's where I stand with the bees. And we'll see what happens. But I never agreed with this strategy the organization wanted to take when they moved Dougie Hamilton, but that's... That's the strategy they took. And since they took it, and where we stand now, this is what you got to do. It's what you got to do. And we'll see how it works out. NBA last night. Oh, the Celtics. See, a lot going on. A lot going on. I have yet to watch the OJ Simpson show. Haven't seen it. I got the first two episodes recorded. I've I've heard some people say it's great. I've heard some people say it's overrated. I'll be the judge of that. I plan on getting caught up in the next couple.